0: If you have a Bible this morning, find the book of Colossians, Colossians, and we're going to be in chapter number two, Colossians chapter two. Today, the title of this message, and it will be at least two weeks in length, is simply Win the Day, Win the Day. And today is a glimpse into what God has really been doing in my life, and uh, me very personally in some different things, in some different areas, Uh, It's not necessarily something that I have completely figured out, but it's something I'm growing in, and and it's something I believe we can all uh, really be growing in. I've been reading a lot lately, uh, and a theme has kind of formed in the content, and this is all kind of an introduction to where we're going to get in a moment. The theme is self-discipline. Self-discipline. Now we see this show up in the scripture all over the place. Even one of the fruits of the spirit is that s- self-discipline or self-control is what it says. But a few months ago, I was I was asked to teach a leadership class at what's called the Minnesota School of Ministry. It's a fantastic program that uh, trains people who feel a call into ministry and possibly become a pastor at some point. And the coursework for that class is a book by John Maxwell called The 21 Irrefutable Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, okay? And I thought to myself, if I'm going to teach the class, I should probably read the book. That makes sense, okay? So I read this book, and if you haven't read this book, there are 21 different chapters in this book, each of which are these powerful individual thoughts on Growing as a leader, leading people, influence, all of that type of stuff. I had read this book 15 years ago, but this time, I'm telling you, it was different for me. As I'm a little bit older, life is different, church is different, things are different for me. In fact, I went through about six different highlighters reading this book, and just like it was like coming alive to me in a different way. One of the chapters of the 21, though jumped off of the page, and I actually read it three different times uh, because it was so influential in some different ways. Stuff I already know, okay, but sometimes you just need to get hit again with things you already know. Anyone agree with that, okay? Um, This one chapter was titled The Law of Process, the law of process, and I don't have time to teach this to you because I want to get to the Bible and look at stuff, so a 30-second version of this is this. The basic idea is that true and lasting growth as a leader, that's what this book was specifically about, is always rooted in our daily routine, in what you do every single day. Leadership develops daily, not in a single moment or a single day. About that same time, I actually went to a conference down in the cities, Uh, like, uh, it was this awesome, incredible seminar, this two-day thing that I went, a pastor's thing, I took tons of notes, wrote out all sorts of things, it was amazing, Um, and I always, anytime I go to these things, I have a section of my notes that I put on the very top in my phone actually, and it just says takeaways. And the reason is, sometimes you just get overloaded with so much amazing content that you just leave the thing and you're like, that was incredible, but what do I do with all of that information? And so I always have this section where I'm like, okay, what is God asking me to take away and actually change in my life and do, okay? And my number one takeaway from this pastor's conference was this, put together a physical, spiritual, and leadership discipline plan for better use of my time, okay? At the time, I wasn't even putting the two things together. They were completely separate from me. Uh, I read that leadership book, and that leadership conference, same kind of thing came to the equation, and then I picked up another book. All these things, I'm a little bit, I'm not too smart sometimes with this. I read a third book, picked it up, um, and it was this title, Win the Day, it was that was the title, and so it's the sermon, the series we're kind of going with, even though we're not really following the book. And really, this is different, but I love that. And I think you can probably figure out what this book is about. I'm not even going to tell you. You got it already, okay? Because uh, all the smart people come to this service, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that's true. But growth doesn't happen in a day. Growth happens through self-discipline and a strong daily routine. Now, this is true in all sorts of areas of our life, uh, I dare you to go home and Google the daily routine of people like Tom Brady. Whatever you think of him, okay, it doesn't matter at this... If you Google his routine and how he lives his life and the discipline that he has, you will be blown away. You'll find he goes to bed at 8.30 p.m. every night, wakes up at 5.30 every single morning, which is nine hours of sleep, by the way. For an athlete, that's very typical. He has a specific list of what he calls forbidden foods. I don't have this list. He has this list. He does not eat any... He eats zero dairy, sugar, gluten, refined carbs, caffeine, or processed meats of any kind. Zero cheese, zero milk, zero yogurt, zero cookies, zero bread, zero pasta, zero pizza, zero pop or coffee or alcohol. The list goes on and on and on. Some of us are thinking, what else is there? (laughs) Like, I don't even know what, like, is there other foods that we eat? I don't know. Okay. This is the life of Tom Brady. Every day, all day long. He doesn't touch any of that stuff. Waking up routine, that's not even to mention his workout routine, all of that. Or you read about someone like Mark Wahlberg. For those of us that were in the 80s, that's Marky Mark, okay? He didn't always live this way, as some of us know from his past. But Mark Wahlberg, movie star, all this, goes to bed at 7.30 p.m. every single night. Wakes up at 2.30 in the morning. Every morning. 2.30 before you even... Think about getting out of bed, for the most part, anyone in this place, he has done all sorts of things, including spending time in prayer and meditation, he's very outspoken about that. Multiple workouts have gone in, taken at least two showers before you've even got up, and the list goes on and on and on of what he does all in the morning. Growth happens in every area of our lives, okay, most consistent in l- like and lasting within our daily routine, Okay? That's enough of an introduction, and so let's get to the Bible. So here we go. Stand with me all over this place, and we're going to read a passage of Scripture together. This is Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 is where we're going to start today. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, and I'm reading out of a translation called the New Living Translation today. Uh, So here we go, verse 6. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let's pray. God, we just pause for a moment to invite you into this into this moment right here, God, as we are together opening your very word and sitting expectant, leaning in to what you would have for us today. And so God, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that this would not be just my thoughts and my words and all of that stuff, but God, this would truly be something significant and 100% from you and for you, we give you the glory, be glorified in this place, in your name we pray, amen, amen, all right, give somebody a high five and have a seat, all right, hey, we got to get right to it today, are you ready, okay, okay, thanks, Corey, do we have any runners in the place, don't raise your hand if you're a runner, everyone will look at you funny, it happens, okay, yeah, they do that, uh, it's funny, when you tell people that you like to run, most people respond in the same way. They just kind of say, why? Like, it <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? Uh, the end of, the very end of April, my seventh grader, Evan, now he's going into eighth grade. He's in the front row over here. He doesn't know I'm even talking about him, so this is going to be awkward, okay? But uh, Evan came home, this is the end of April, came home saying, I want to run a 10K to raise money to fight human trafficking in our world. And I was like, that's incredible. Backing the story up a little bit farther here, uh, six years ago, a really good friend of mine named Brent decided that for his 30th birthday, he was going to get 30 of his friends to run a 30-mile race to raise $30,000 to fight human trafficking. Lots of 30s here, I know. But that was the start of a nonprofit uh, that our church is affiliated with in some different ways called 30 for Freedom. 30 for Freedom, and over the past six years, 30 for Freedom has raised over $1.27 million. 100% of that money has gone to fight human trafficking in our world. Our location pastor in, in Long Prairie, if you didn't know this, we are one church, but we actually have two different locations of our church, and we have a pastor that lives in Long Prairie and preaches in Long Prairie, and that's that's his church, but we're also together. It's complicated, I understand, okay? But our location pastor, Josiah, Um, actually ran this 30-mile race a few years ago. You can ask him about that. It's like, I think I'm going to run a marathon, but when I finish the marathon, instead of stopping like everybody else, I think I'll go another four miles, okay? That's what this is. It's crazy stuff, but understand what this is about and just get the heart of this whole thing. Uh, Like people are choosing to suffer in that way to raise funds to help children and women specifically who are suffering every single day with no end in sight. That's the idea of this. Uh, Now, this isn't like really what this is about today, but it's an illustration for something that we're getting to. But we actually do as a church do some things with this and other places to fight this thing around the world in the name of Jesus. It's a part of what we do. Back to my son Evan. He comes home and he says, I want to run part of this 10K Uh, because 30 for Freedom is a 30-mile race, a half marathon, a 10K, and a 5K. And he says, I want to run 10K to raise money for this. And I was like, Evan, that's amazing. I'll do this with you. (laughs) Now, understand at this point, I have not been running. And I learned very quickly that talking about running is very different than actually running. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I look at my calendar. The race day is May 28th. That's exactly 31 days. I have 31 days and have committed to go from the couch to 10K (laughs) in 31 days. And maybe you don't understand when we say 10K, that's 10 kilometers is what that is, like the rest of the world talks like that, okay? Uh, But 10 kilometers, 6.2 miles. And for someone over 40, like me, you're talking about running straight for an hour without stopping to put that into perspective okay and so I go out and I buy a pair of running shoes and I'm all excited and to get this thing going I'm going to get into running shape and I'm going to be a runner all right and so I go out uh, and I still have the data on my phone actually because it logs all of the information of all the running and stuff that I did Uh, but I go out and I do my very first run Uh, and and I run 1.77 miles yeah, in 18 minutes, and I almost died. <laughs> like, um, looking back at this, and maybe this doesn't mean anything to you, but uh, my average heart rate for that very first run was 163. Now, uh, like, let me give you just a picture of what that would have looked like. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. It was horrible. The worst thing ever. But listen to me. Listen, okay. 31 days later, after a lot of pain, I actually ran about 60 miles in 30 days. Uh, A lot of training, a lot of failures, a lot of walking when I wanted to be running and different things. Race day comes and Evan, my 13-year-old, kicked my rear, okay, just to put that out there. But I finished without walking and actually was really pleased with my pace. And I have a picture of us, like, at the very end. Go ahead and put that picture up. Yeah, there we go. See? And I even wore the shirt today. Yep. And they gave us a medal. And I, I don't know how this got here, but I just, I have it with. So I thought I might as well just put it on. Okay. So I'm feeling good about, no. Um, but that's all fun, that's all fun, and we have so much fun with that, but most important, Evan raised, like, over $1,100 just to fight human trafficking. Yeah. Now, here's where we're kind of connecting this together today. Um, I, I, want to be physically healthy, like, I, I do. I want to be someone who can just go out and run five miles and just have that be who I am. I want to fit into my clothes better. Anyone with me in that, Okay. Um, but like so many of us here today, I want that all to happen in a day and I I wanna I wanna get on the treadmill one time and go run and then go straight to like the scale and be like, yeah. Okay? <laughs> How many of you know it doesn't work like that and it's actually kind of disappointing? You're like, what are, you know, you, you go on a diet and you're like, okay, I didn't eat a donut for a day. How come I didn't lose any weight? Okay, and, and it's the way that we think. Okay, but listen very closely, and you know this already, growth and change and health in your physical health, it doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't. It's built on self-discipline that is like implemented day after day after day after day. And, and here's some of the stuff from my leadership reading, uh, uh, just a handful of things here. What matters most is what you do day by day over the long haul what matters most. Uh, The second one, the secret of our success is found in our daily agendas. The secret of success. The keys to sustained growth in any area of our life is routine. Now understand, that's all business book and we're talking about health stuff, but God has been showing me this in in, in my spiritual life so clearly as well. Uh, and one author even wrote this, the process of exercising self-discipline is the key for ensuring we experience the next level in our relationship with God. Self-discipline, key to us experiencing the next level in our relationship with God. Now, a few moments ago, we read from a passage of Scripture found in the book, a book called Colossians. Colossians is one of Paul's letters. He wrote 13 letters, at least from our Bible, Colossians is this letter he wrote to a city specifically called Colossae. There were Christians there, and he wrote this letter to those people, kind of a little church that had gathered together. Uh, that's in modern-day Turkey is where that is now. And there's a few verses about halfway through this letter that every time I read these verses, they just jump off of the page for me. And in my Bible, like I have them highlighted and underlined in different colors and circled in different things, because every time I go through it, it's just like, wow, I've got to remember that again. I've spoken on these verses before a few different times, but it's just, It just was uh, kind of in my mind and in my heart this week in a different way. Here's what he writes. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Okay. And every time I read this, the thought that goes through my mind is, wow, it is absolutely possible for a person to accept Christ as their Lord, but actually not really continue to follow him. Why would I say that? But like, that's why Paul tells, he says this, just as you accepted Christ, you must continue to follow him. If he, if this was not an issue, he wouldn't say it like that. There are people who walk through the doors of churches and who make a commitment to Jesus and that's as far as things ever get for them. They never do anything else. They never go, you know, they may, they may show up at church or whatever else like this, but there is nothing that actually happens farther than that. And listen, I think uh, that's what Paul writes to these people, and I think Paul, if he was still alive today and living in America 2022, and he would look at our lives and our situations and our wealth, I think he would say this all over again to us here today. Like, okay, so you accepted Jesus, you go to church on occasion, you call yourself a Christian, and then Paul would say, please tell me there's more than that. Please tell me that that's not the end in this. Please tell me, because your roots, the roots need to go down deeper and deeper." into this and the picture that i get from this scripture is the roots growing down deeper and deeper and the things above ground beginning to go higher and higher at the same time you can't go up this way without going down this way or you're going to tip over we with me okay think of a tree that makes total sense okay now jesus paints a similar picture uh, check this out. This is from a famous story that Jesus told called the parable of the sower. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this, or, or the parable of the soil, sometimes it's called. Matthew 13, 20 says, The seed falling on the rocky ground, it's this illustration that Jesus is giving about soil and our hearts. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. Okay, Do you, you, Like these people receive the message of Jesus with joy. What is joy? It's an emotion, isn't it? They receive the message of Jesus. There is an emotional moment and attachment to this entire thing, but there is no roots that actually go down. There's no depth that actually happens. And Jesus just kind of says, when trouble comes, like, those people fall away quickly. They fall away. And I think we know this. We we know this. We know there are all sorts of Christians today who are coming to church at different points and whatever who are not growing. In fact, I think some of us here today, if we are honest with ourselves, you know that's you. And I don't mean to bring guilt and shame on you today, but today I do feel God kind of just saying, if that's you, wake up a little bit here, because that's not how it's supposed to work. This is not supposed to be a shallow thing. This is not supposed to be a Sunday is sometimes only kind of thing, once a week or twice a month. That's not what this is supposed to look like. And for some of us who have been in this a long time, this is is almost more of a wake-up call of like, all right, let's get back on track because you've fallen into doing this for so long that it just kind of is routine for you, okay? Uh, Now, some of us in this place, I know, are sincerely hungry for more of God and growth matters to you. Growth is important, okay? Listen to this. True, lasting spiritual growth doesn't happen in a day, all right? And I want to say that again. True, lasting spiritual growth doesn't happen in a day. And some of us want to push back right away at this because we're like, we're like okay, I thought this was like a, a Pentecostal kind of church. Like, experiencing God is, is vital for us. We talk about that, and we pray for that type of stuff. We talk about the Holy Spirit, and what do you mean true and lasting spiritual growth doesn't happen in a day? Don't you believe that you can't, that you, like, you, don't you believe you can have in a moment with God that changes everything for you? Let me illustrate what I mean when I say this, okay? Go ahead, put that slide on the screen with, like, the triangle. And now, and understand, you typically, as people, can probably tell when I made a slide all by myself, compared to the really cool things the younger generation has made for me. I made this all by myself. It's a triangle. Pretty well done, huh? Okay, there we go. Thank you. All right, but now, this is just a a list of a number of ways and things that we can see leading to spiritual growth, okay? Let's talk through them quickly, because we're going to kind of build something together. We have things like church services, okay? whether that's like you go to a service and you learn something you didn't know about God and now you, you, know, you, know, you feel like you have grown because you know something about God or we read the Bible together in the church or somebody speaks something to you and you feel that, in that moment you find yourself feeling closer to God and growth happens through that, absolutely. Okay, the same thing can happen as we gather together in our small groups. We call those life groups around here and we discuss things and we pray together and pray for each other. We read books watch videos, and we learn and we grow. We can also have what we call experiences with God. We absolutely are a church that believes that God shows up in supernatural ways in our lives in different moments, okay? And those moments can push us forward spiritually in that way, Uh, okay? Uh, Or maybe it's God answering a prayer, And you're like, wow, incredible, and you feel closer to God in that moment. It could be a missions trip where you put yourself in a place that's a bit out there and you watch God show up and teach you things and grow and okay? All of those things can lead to spiritual growth, and they do. And there are others that need to make that list as well, but I didn't have enough space and didn't know what to do with it, okay? But no, uh, just understand, this isn't a complete list right here. But then... On the bottom part of this entire thing, we have a different category that for me is completely different than the rest. And and that is this. It is a consistent, routine, daily, disciplined, personal time with God. Okay? We grow when we personally spend time with God, when we sit down and we read the very Word of God and we underline things and we meditate on it and we write in a journal, if that's your thing, and we pray through the Scripture, or when we take time to pray, and and not just as a church that's gathered together, but on your own, you and God, uh, you pray and you thank God and you pray for your family and you ask God to lead you and show you things and you're sincerely spending personal time with God. Now, there is a reason that I put that one in its own little category in my triangle, and there's a reason I put it underneath the other. Not because it's below the other, but here's why. And this is where we're going with this whole thing. Apostle Paul, okay, Jesus, all this stuff, me running like the foundation of spiritual growth, is consistent, routine, daily, disciplined, personal time with God. Some of you are like, that's a whole lot of adverbs or adjectives. I'm not sure which is which. I should have looked that up before I made that joke. Okay, <laughs> But it is, it is the foundation. It's the foundation. Well, what's, what's a foundation? You know that. Like it means everything else is built on top of that. That is the thing that holds everything else together. They put a foundation in the ground when they build a building, don't they? And and that foundation is built in a certain way, at a certain depth, with certain materials in order so that they can build the rest of it up on top of that. And then when the stuff happens and the storms come, your house or the building is going to make it. Jesus even illustrated this, he tells the story of building your house on the sand compared to building your house on the the rock, and when the storm comes, one's not going to make it and the other is, and this entire story is about the word of God in our lives by the way, okay? Like the foundation here, and listen, when you begin to build your spiritual life on this beautiful, life-giving, personal, disciplined time with God, then all of the other things on the top of the triangle truly begin to come alive and bring exponential growth, okay? You will experience God more, you will see God answer your prayers more, And when you come to church and you attend live groups and you go on mission trips, and those, like I'm telling you, those things will begin to rock your spiritual world in a good way. But the foundation of it all is this disciplined personal time with God. Do you hear me? Do not need to say it again? Some of us are sleeping. You were up too late last night, okay? Be more disciplined and go to bed. (laughs) I'm just kidding, okay? But seriously, disciplined personal time time, set aside time with God. It's the foundation if you want to grow in your spiritual life. And let's just be honest with ourselves for a moment. In a a culture that is marked by busyness and hurry uh, and going places and doing things, the average Christian in America today is just not knocking this out of the park. Do you agree? Nod your head if you heard anything I said so far today. Okay, thank you. Like, we struggle with the very foundation of this stuff. We struggle with the very foundation. The average, everyday person who calls himself a Christian struggles with the foundation of what it takes to grow spiritually. And we're left, don't miss this part, I almost cut it out, but I'm gonna, I left it in here and I'm not sure I should have. Okay? We, we're left with coming to church on Sundays and getting a regurgitated version of all of this. That's a weird word to use, isn't it? What do I mean by that? Well, birds and animals. Okay, if you, have a, if you have like a soft stomach, plug your ears for a moment. Okay, birds and animals when like mom will eat the food and then vomit it back up and feed their young. That's cool, huh? Yeah, it was God's idea. It was, okay? But listen to me. Many of us, many of us here, you are coming on Sundays and this is the only s- The only spiritual food that you are getting in your week is actually me vomiting up what God has shown me. And that is what you are feeding yourself spiritually on. That's a nasty picture. Someone next week is going to say, okay, I'm here, Pastor, ready for you to... Please don't do that, okay? Please don't say that. But listen to me. Listen. That's not how it's supposed to work. Sunday morning like this is meant to be on top of the foundation that has already been built with you and God. It's not supposed to be what this is built on. And we miss it when we, when we are lacking this personal, incredible foundation there in your life. Music team, will you please come? Now, I need you to come to church next week, okay? And here's why. I wrote this message and I had to cut it in half because we have a second service. There are so much and so many practical things that I wanted to lay out for you to help, to help us with this because the reality of the situation is if you do not put together a plan for discipline in your life, it's not going to happen. When I, when I had to go, when I had to run uh, 6.2 miles and I had a month to train, If I would have just been like, I got this, okay, I would have found myself with three days left to train, okay? I had to sit down and say, okay, I don't even know that much about running, Well, how do I do this? Do I run every day? Do I run five days a week? And I began to learn and read and talk to people. What about like nutrition and recovery? And all this type of stuff as I'm running in ways I've never ran before. How do I do this? And and so eventually, it took me just putting together a strategic plan of here's how I go couch to 10k in 31 days. And the plan and working the plan changed the entire thing for me. And now you know just, uh, you know I took a day off yesterday, but Friday morning I got up at six o'clock in the morning. It was beautiful in 57, and I ran five miles, and it was fun what is going on what's wrong with me it was a great thing great but it's a plan and so that's what this so our our team this week is going to work hard to figure out how we can best equip you to have a consistent routine daily dip, discipline personal time with god because some of us don't even know where to start and we want to help you with that we're using the phrase win the day partly because it's a catchy title and we're cool like that and it's the name of a book, but partly just because, like, that's what this is for me. It's every single day I want to physically win the day. Every single day I want to emotionally win the day and mentally win this day. And spiritually, as I I was already up early, early this morning with my Bible and reading and all of that, uh, It's absolutely foundational. And it should be for all of us. And that's what we want. That's where we're going with this. Uh, Last thing here, one of the authors I was reading, one final illustration because I just thought this was so cool. One of the authors that I was reading heard about this little challenge and decided to put it to the test. Someone needs to do this from our church and give us the results. At the time, the author would max out at being able to do 25 proper fit um i don't think i'm to that slide yet but that's okay Uh, the author was was (laughs) it's kind of funny because everyone's like reading this and not listening to me and that's okay okay check this out this is fantastic the the author could do 25 proper proper um form push-ups at one time and his medical doctor or fitness someone someone just said, "Hey, I want, you to, I want you to try something. I want you to do one additional push-up every single day." So day one, he does 25. Day two, and that's all he could do. Day two, he does 26. Day three, he does 27. And 75 days later, this man was able to do 100 proper form push-ups in 75 days by adding one. Now you never go from 25 to a hundy like that, okay? Understand everyday personal stuff. Now I'm gonna read this thing together. This is the end. A self-disciplined life brings us closer to God, puts us in a better position to hear from him. It causes us to make better choices and walk in the path God has for us because we take time to listen to his voice. We experience his peace when we walk through hard times because we are disciplined to study his word and remember his promises about carrying us through. We are able to bless others and make, by making ourselves available to speak God's word into our lives. And then I highlighted this for you. A spiritually strong life is a wonderful life to live, but it doesn't come without effort. Some of us want to show up And in no work, have your relationship with God be mature. It's not how it works. Stand with me all over this place. In a moment, we're just going to take take time to just sing together just for a minute, just a time of reflection um, and prayer here just before we go. But man... My prayer for you today is that our church family would sincerely be hungry for God in a way that drives us to prioritize spending personal, focused, disciplined time with Him. Again, we're gonna help you with some of this, but that, is my, but that has been my prayer for this entire week. I don't know what this looks like for you. I don't know what you need to change or how you need to arrange things, but I would, I would pray for you that you would allow God to work in that way in you. God, we, we just look to you and, and my prayer, God, is that the individuals in our church family would begin to hunger and thirst for you in ways like never before. God, that that those who are who are here today and know that this God stuff for them is quite shallow I pray that this would be a challenge from you today to wake up and to begin to do the things that it takes to build a foundation, God, uh, to build roots so that they can go deeper in you than they've ever gone before. And God, I also pray for those who have been doing this for a long time, uh, who have maybe who may be in this moment right now just need a little bit of a wake-up call of where are you at and let's get back to the basics of spending time with you. And so God, I pray that a foundation of our church and a foundation of our individual spiritual lives would be prayer and the Bible in a very personal way. And God, as we begin to build a foundation in that way we would then experience you in our gatherings in our small groups in our prayer services on our missions trips God and the list goes on and on and on because the foundation is set up for us to experience you in new ways every single day we pray for that oh God and God I pray I pray for that or those people here today who maybe, who maybe do not have a relationship with you and they're here today and they know they are not right and they know that they are far from you and, and God, that they need to do something and make a decision today. In fact, if that is you today, if you are here and you, and you know that you need to give God your life and you need to respond to his message today for you personally. I want you even as I pray to begin to say, God, I give you my life. God, forgive me. Uh, God, thank you for sending Jesus. You could even begin to say that stuff and pray that to him even in this moment. And So God, we pray. We pray for that. And we pray for those people that we would respond to you even for the very first time today. And So we thank you, God. We are amazed by you and your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done and for who you are, and we put our faith and our trust in you. And we, and we give all of that to you, God, in the powerful, life-changing name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Come on, will you put your hands together for what God is doing today?